Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to be diving into the topic of self-care today. This topic is such an important thing to be talking about at this time of the year, and it is not about pedicures and massages or spending more money. It is really about us deeply nurturing ourselves. And I'm so excited for our guest today, Elena Lipson, who is a speaker and a transformational coach and a retreat leader and a divine self-care mentor. So you can see why I wanted her on. And you'll hear the whole story of how we met in a minute and how she had no idea who I was. And It's a funny story (laughs) that you will hear from her and me having a conversation because I try not to cut these conversations. And in advance, I just want to tell you that I recorded the episode with her from a hotel room earlier this summer. I recorded the ending on the wrong sound setting. So it sounds like I'm in this huge room, but that's just the way it is. It's all good content. We're doing the best we can. And I need to go drive people around town as the school year starts. So I'm not going to re-record it all. That is my own self-care. So before we dive into this episode, I just have a few quick announcements. I've been running some workshops lately that you are all invited to, anyone listening. And if you're new, welcome here. This is all about planning for simpler, happier, and healthier lives um, as busy families, because it's so much better when we can simplify. And... A few weeks ago, I ran a workshop on really making a plan for this back to school season. And the end part of that workshop was about a school lunch, putting together school lunches. And I have to admit, I didn't plan the timing that well. And I just breezed through that part. And I got a lot of feedback of wanting just a workshop on the food, on planning for the food as we head back into the school year. So I have created that and it will be happening next week. And you can go to plan plansimple.com slash workshop to sign up. I'm super excited for that. And we will go through breakfast, lunch, and dinner strategies and shopping. And I will even give you some of my resources so that you don't have to do all the planning. Um, These are people who I've connected with, who I know serve up great ideas for what to eat so that that part of the puzzle maybe can be made a little bit easier. So that is coming up next week. Go sign up again at plansimple.com slash workshop if you want to reserve your seat. And that is a free workshop that I'm giving just because I'm pretty passionate about this topic and want us all to be able to eat well without feeling like we're busy and crazy and overwhelmed people. So That is my announcement number one. My announcement number two is that in September, in a couple 
like a week or two, I am going to be opening up 10 more spots in Flow 365. If you have been watching and looking and wishing that you could step into it, this might be a great opportunity for you. So stay tuned to that. You can go check out what it's all about at plansimple.com slash flow365. And I'm happy to always field any questions have a conversation with you, but this is a life transforming program where you work with me and a group of amazing women to really step into your life for a year. And for the price, it is literally an unbelievable purchase. I do. I have to say that because it's just amazing. I wish this is, I wish I had this a couple years ago. So that is Flow365. It's closed right now, but we'll open again in a few weeks for another cohort um, that will start up in October. Okay. What else do I have to tell you? Um, I think that that is it. I'm doing some local events this fall. So if you don't follow me on social media and then you live in the Boston area, go check that out. I'm actually teaching two cooking classes, which I don't always do. Um, I'll be leading a planning workshop as well in the area. And I would love to have any Boston area women show up at those. Um, they are announced both on Facebook and Instagram. So you can go read all about them there. I think there's one class mid-September, one sort of end of September, or two sort of end of September. So I can tell you more details about those in episodes coming up. But if you want to get in and save a space, um, go check those out on Facebook or Instagram at Plan Simple Meals. And actually talking about Instagram... So I always try to walk my talk as much as possible. I am so not perfect. I do this work because planning for food really changed my life. And then after that, I really had to learn how to use those same tools to make home easier and then to make this entrepreneurial journey much easier. And I'm still very much on this path. There's always new things to be done, but this process, this flow planning process has really helped me lean into the things that I want to do and actually show up for them. So I very much created this whole process because I needed it. And one of the things that I'm working on right now is just letting myself be a little bit more visible. I've watched all these women go through Flow 365, and it's so amazing to see their transformation. And I would shout off the top of a building how amazing it is, because I think it is. But I don't always do that because I'm a little bit shy. I'm an introvert. And... I don't know. I just don't feel that full of myself all the time. So I don't always shout it. And I'm working on that. I'm working on at least shouting from the Instagram rooftop. So if you're not following us on Instagram, head over there right now as this is going live. It's at Plan Simple Meals. Um, I'm trying to change that name soon, but you should still be able to find me by searching for that. And that is where we will do a lot of these announcements. And this week we actually have a giveaway. So go check us out there as well. And again, this is something that I am trying to perfect a habit I am trying to make. Um, the, the podcast actually was my first experiment and we've done this weekly for three years. So now we're ready to move on to the next thing. And that's going to be Instagram. Not that this is going away, but once you have a habit, it's pretty easy to keep it going. It's just getting those new things started. That's a little bit more rocky sometimes. So Instagram is my next work habit. All right. 
let's get Elena on the show. You guys, you've got to hear all this awesome self-care info, and I can't wait to hear how you all are taking care of yourselves this busy month of September. It is the most important thing we can do, getting our oxygen mask on. So with no further ado, let's get Elena on the show. Hi, Elena. Welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Well, we got here after a couple of technical difficulties, but such is life. So tell everybody, yeah, tell our listeners who you're the mom to first and where, where you live. So I live in the Pacific Northwest by way of Russia, then New York, then California, and now here. So where to next? I don't know, but this is where we are now for the last 13 years almost. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so I'm mom to 13 year old son who was born in California, actually, but we moved here when he was just four months old, I believe. So he hasn't known any other place except for Pacific Northwest, which is perfect because he loves to fish and he loves to bike and loves the outdoors. And uh, that's where we are. So we live in the forest. I'm looking out at my office window right now and there's a literal forest with, you know, deer and bunnies and raccoons. And so it's definitely a little different than growing up in Brooklyn, New York. Is That's (laughs) where you grew up? You grew up in Brooklyn? I did. Oh, wow. That is different. It is. You'll hear my New York accent come out. And I worked in the city and I went to school in Long Island. And so I'm definitely an East Coast girl, but living in the forest, which is actually super ideal and perfect for the stage of life where we are, you know, benefiting from nature's healing and um, the green trees and clean air and this is slower pace where we are. So I'm loving it. I'm, I can definitely get faster if I go to New York, but I definitely have slowed down a lot just, you know, in my environment still, and my mind goes pretty fast, but I'm <laughs> enjoying slower pace here. So. All right. I love that. So, and you have a business and also homeschool your 13 year old. Is that true? It is. I wasn't planning on it. And we're actually at the tail end of wrapping up that season of homeschooling, I think. Awesome. (laughs) I say I think because I'm just learning to trust the detour because we actually moved here to be closer to the school that we wanted him to go to. And it was great for a while. And then it stopped working so well. And so we decided to try homeschooling with the support of a local, like a partnership program, which worked pretty well the first year, less so the second year. And now we're back to um, going back to school, I think, in the awesome. fall. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm registered anyway. But it I was definitely it. a journey. And my business was, um, you know, I had a lot of feelings about it when we started. <laughs> so it worked out really well, though. Um, that's good. And we'll, we'll probably get into a lot of that because you probably learned a ton about time management and mm-hmm. homeschooling a child and running a business at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I, um, I actually took a year off I didn't take a year off. That's a lie. I took a year on the road and took my three kids out of school. It was like the hardest I've ever worked in my life. Um, when I went on a wow. book tour and home, I homeschooled the three kids. Um, but it was Ooh, so fun. Yeah, it was really exciting and really fun. And, um, you know, I learned all sorts of things that who, I, I wasn't expecting to learn. <laughs> it, was, it was totally different than what I thought, but it was all good. Yeah. Um, and you're, you also, I believe, had some tie-in to Walt Waldorf, right? Was your son? Is yes, that why? That, you, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was I feel it. like that's how I initially bonded with you was somewhere in the internet a long time. Well, we met in person actually, but I feel like that was my initial connection to you was because my kids all went through Waldorf. 
Okay. Where did we meet in person? Am I missing something? Did I forget? Yeah, we met at, um, no, we're going to be on air and we're, I'm going to not, we met in, um, oh. in Canada because I felt like I was on the opposite side oh. of the world at Chantel's okay. Adams yes. event. Yes. And right. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I and, love that. I love Chantel. Yeah. And it's funny because for everyone listening, I pretty, um, strategically try to get out of my house and my environment uh, at least two to three times a year just to learn and grow. And in, you know, some really for the past five years, it's been mostly around business, but actually in the past year, it's been a lot less about business. And at the beginning, it was all about food, but I really make an effort to get out. And this particular event was, where? what town was that called? It was in... Um, it's, Col- it's in Kelowna, which is Kelowna, yes. north of me. So it's way up there in yeah, Canada. And I had to fly, I flew from Boston to Seattle. And then I had to like, fl- I had to fly three planes basically. And in... And I, and it was it was five years ago, so I think it was before my phone sort of knew what to do when it was in Canada. You know, now I think I can call wherever, but then I couldn't. And so mm-hmm. I called my husband as I was leaving the country, and something was definitely like up, but I just didn't dawn on me because I was so tired. Because one of our good friends answered the phone, and then I talked to my husband for a little bit, and I, I don't know, I didn't really think anything of it, and. 10 hours later, I found out he had been in the emergency room because he got hit by a car and he just so badly wanted to help me protect this time because he knew how important it was to me. So that whole trip was just such a blur. So I'm surprised I remember anything, but I somehow remember you and Waldorf. (laughs) Is he okay? Was he okay? Like that's pretty dramatic. Yeah, he was okay. It was, um, it was actually like, three things converged into this book tour, including that I had a book, but one of them was I was so excited that he could get away from the computer screen for a little bit because it was about a year after it. And concussions are really hard on grown people. Um, They're probably hard on kids too, but I think us grownups notice it more. Um, Sorry to hear that. That was quite a trip. Yeah, it it was really a trip. So I guess the things that I remember, I remember really well. And then the rest of it is kind of a blur. But yes, that's where we met. And I remembered Waldorf. (laughs) You know, it's amazing. Like I've met so many people over the last, you know, five, six years of this online business, maybe six or seven now. And um, it's been fascinating, like who I remember and who I don't. And sometimes you make the connection and it's just, you sort of continue. And other times, yeah. I'm pretty sure I met this person. I don't know where. Yeah, so many events, you know, and and yeah. retreats and online interviews, and it's it's amazing. I love it. I I'm such a fan of the Me online. Me too. World. It's it's where life is right now. I mean, not yes. you know, life is outside as well, but <laughs> where we are right now. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So let's dive in. So what I really wanted, the reason I really wanted you on the podcast is because your work has a lot, some to do with self-care. I mean, I think that's, that's a big part of your work, right? Is teaching women how to take better care of themselves. Yeah. So I feel like the people listening to this podcast are probably a lot, um, almost all working moms. And even if I think you don't have a job, I still consider every mom a working mom because personally I find motherhood sometimes harder than work. Um, and I think I was, I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, before we have kids, we talk a lot about work-life balance and it all makes sense. And then sometime 
after we have kids, we still talk about work-life balance, except I think really what we're referring to is work-family balance. And the thing about before we had kids is that life was really about us. <laughs> and then after kids, we sort of, it's pretty easy to take ourselves out of the equation. So whether we're home with the kids, whether we work outside of the house, whether we're entrepreneurs, I feel like it's the same. I hear it over and over again. Like I just don't have time to take care of myself. Um, so I really want to dive into that topic with you today because I know you're going to have a lot of great ideas. Definitely. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just and so why do you think, why do you think we don't like, wh why do you I, think we don't take good care of ourselves in this phase honestly, of our life? <laughs> I, I have different thoughts about this. And of course I've been leading my self-care circle membership for the last five years. So I've got a really good sense of conversations that I've had over the years and questions we ask and topics we explore. And it's not that we don't know. We all know. We know what to do. We know what we need. We know what we don't need. But I think we're battling actually just sort of a disease of the time, which is the possibilities are endless. It's like when I go to a restaurant, if the menu has 800 things on it, I'm going to have a really hard time because yeah. the possibilities are endless. But the truth is, I know what I want. If I'm very honest with myself, I know what I want. I'm going to order the thing that I usually order because I know it's going to be good and maybe I'll try something different. But I think we're in a stage of our evolution as human beings where the possibilities are endless. We want to do all the things. We want to have all the experiences. And now what's different for moms now, and I just thought, I had this thought the other day, like I'm so grateful that Instagram didn't exist when I was the mom of a young baby because yes. I was already distracted by my work. I was already like distracted enough and had to keep coming back to center of what was most important for me because I was really never like quote unquote stay at home mom. I've always worked at home <laughs> when yeah. he was born. So I've always had to manage the priority, the value based on, you know, time and phase and energy. But I think we are so oh, distracted by what we think we should be doing, what we think we should be accomplishing what we think we should be creating. And we're just so off center from what's most important. In fact, I just listened to this every, every year I re-listen to the book Essentialism by Greg McKeon. And every time I hear something new and this time I hear, I heard the perspective about the word priority. When the word first came into our vernacular, it was singular. That was it. We had a priority in our life, something yeah. that was a North star and everything else came second. So it was easy. Like if this is interrupting our family life, it just doesn't happen. It says no, like it does not even get on the table as a consideration, right? Now we, it's somewhere along the way it became plural, became priorities. So if you ask somebody, what's their priority? I, I guarantee you, they would be like, uh, I have like 10. <laughs> like yeah. I don't even understand the question. How do I even process the question? So I think a lot of it is the fact that we're overwhelmed, overworked um, by our own design. We want to do all the things. We want to go to all the places. We want to give our kids all of the experiences. And it's a very challenging thing to stand up straight in your own power and say, you know what? Everything else is on the wayside. Like what's most important right now is our family time. What's most important right now is that I have the time to get on the floor and play with my kids or to be honest and say during this next season for like the next four weeks, I am working hard at launching my course or starting my product or writing my book. So we're going to create some rhythms in the family that are going to honor my priority for this yeah. month. And we're going to all support me around this. And then we're going to go back to our, our regular rhythms and containers. So that's one of the things that I 
start with, with women when I work with them is really creating the rhythms and seasons and containers so, so that it's not everything all the time at all times. Yeah. It's focused attention on whatever is most important. And that takes some questioning. That takes you stopping everything and sitting down on a regular basis, not just once on New Year's and saying, what's important now? What are we focusing now as a family, as me as a mom? What do my kids need right now? Because you know, there's times where like your kids need more and you want to give them more. Or there's times where they're often doing their thing and you want to give yourself more. So it's really about, I don't want, I mean, the word balance is sort of a myth, I think anyway, because it's really based on the way the pendulum swings based on your kids. Like when you have small kids, your to me, it feels like, <laughs> it still feels like my life is pretty much like when I create, when I teach this process called the dream calendar, the first layer of your calendar is going to include your kid's calendar first and then your work calendar, because if you flip it the other way, you're going to miss stuff. You're going to miss like school plays. You're going to miss birthdays. You're going to miss, you know, little things that you really want to be there for. And that's, I think, a very uh, simple mistake to fix <laughs> where we flip yeah. it around the other way. And then we create a calendar based on our priority, number one, because when we have small kids, I would think it, that would be your priority in terms of if your kid is sick, your work is going to take a back burner. So that tells you quickly right. what your top priority is. <laughs> so, and then from there you learn to get support. So this is where I think we start to make that paradigm shift to say, it doesn't mean that your stuff is less important. Not at all. What it means is that you're going to learn quickly what can be delegated out. Uh, for me, it was like, I don't need to clean the bathrooms. <laughs> Someone could do that for me. I don't need to be the person that spends three hours cleaning my house on a Saturday morning when really what I want to do is make breakfast and play and go for a walk with my family. And so for me, when you start to think about the priority, which is at a certain point in your life, it's going to shift. It's like a pendulum swing, right? So when I delegate things, I make more time for what's most important. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I think that balance, it's, it's almost more like a feeling. So when we're actually making the time for what we think is important, we feel balanced. Like it doesn't matter that when you see it on paper, that it's like all even. Yeah. I'm going to push it back against that because if you like, what does balanced feel like in your life? If you say balanced means I'm giving equal attention to everything. I don't think that's possible. I really yeah, no, I definitely don't. don't think that's possible. I think I'm going to push and say, okay, so at this point in my life, like uh, if you prioritize, like if I sat down with you, Mia, and I said on a weekly basis, you know, what days would you like to assign for getting your marketing done or doing interviews or, yep. or playing with your kids? We can start to delineate the days whether it's in blocks or whether it's a morning, whether it's writing your book, like if you feel like you've tended to curated and touched the things that are most important to you in a way that feels fulfilling, yeah. not, not half-hearted, not distracted, yeah. not sitting at the table with your kids while you're on the computer and they're doing something that's different, right? Yeah. Like really connecting to the things that are most important to you. Then I feel like you're actually experiencing your life and you're present for it. And the word balance is, I don't know, for yoga, <laughs> like I could yes. balance, but yeah, even yeah, yeah. when you're balancing in yoga, you're actually not balancing, you're, you're actually course correcting all the time. Yeah. And that is the best description of entrepreneurship and motherhood and womenhood and life. Yeah. You're constantly course correcting 
based on what is feeling really fulfilling right now. What do I need to put my attention to? Oh, how funny a raccoon is walking by right now outside the window. Oh, I love <laughs> there must it. Be some like message out there from the, from the raccoon gods. Um, it's really about focus, right? It's really about focused attention on what's most important at the time that it is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, and I, I think that's like, and an, I'm a, the worst person ever at, um, at words, but I just feel like that, that thing that I was striving for that I thought was called balance ended mm-hmm. up being a lot less about everything being equal, <laughs> you know? So it's, it, it was more like some feeling I was striving for and somewhere along the line, I called it balance. Um, which probably totally. isn't the right the word, but it just felt like right. this when I when I'm <laughs> focusing on one thing at a time and I feel in alignment with what I want. And sometimes that's work, and sometimes that's kids, and sometimes that's going to get, you know, on a walk by all by myself that I don't want anyone on it with me. <laughs> but totally. as long as I'm like word, in that, I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like focus on the word you just said because I think that's a, a much better. Um, place to focus, which is daily alignment. That's what I love to focus on. Like this morning, what does daily alignment look like for me today? Today, I have a morning of work, so I'm going to focus on that. And then, but I'm going to take time to integrate and process and, you know, whatever I need to do, make notes for tomorrow and I'm done. And then I go back, I go out into playtime. That's what today looks like for me. So today, daily alignment means focusing the first few hours on my work and phone calls I have to make and emails I have to send out and things I need to do and talk with you. And then I'm done. And then I'm going to yeah. go feed myself. And I have all these little reminders on my phone that I teach, I teach how to do it in a practical way. So it's about starting your day with daily alignment. And I think that's actually a much more useful word for women who are seeking quote unquote balance, whatever that means. Yeah. Again, it's like that daily course correction. If you need to pivot today. So I wake up today and I think, okay, my focus is on doing this interview, having a meeting with my, you know, partners and I'm going to write an article, whatever I'm doing today. And then if my son is sick, guess what? <laughs> like that's the priority. If I yes. want to serve him, right. So you, you're going to pivot some days and some days yeah. are going to look different, but overall you're creating a rhythm of checking in with yourself every day to see if you're still in alignment because it changes. It really does it shift and I think we don't give ourselves enough grace of space to check in with ourselves on a daily basis but we recognize it when we see it we're like yes oh, that's what I want how do we do that and that's what I hear most why why women come into my circle they're like I just want what you have like you always seem like you've got it which is not true I don't always got it but I have it a lot <laughs> because I do the work and I didn't always do the work and I do it now and it makes all the difference All right. So let's talk a little bit about that idea of enough. And like, because I think one of the things is we have to start saying no. And I think it's really hard for us to see in the moment what it is that we need to say no to. Um, And, and almost we get so wound up in, in that emotion of what we're saying no to that we almost can't enjoy the simpler thing that we're about to create. So how, like, let's talk a little bit about the practice of, of just choosing and, and deciding. I I love this. I love this question. And I just recorded a podcast with this exact idea. What you need to do in order to have an easy no, and no's aren't ever super easy, but they get easier with time when you have a criteria list, even if it's just mental, for saying yes. Got it. Once you have that, 
it's easier because, and it's going to be a little more difficult at first if you're someone who's used to saying yes. And this is different from like the book of year of yes. I can't remember who wrote it now. Shonda, Shonda Rhimes, I think. Oh yeah. Awesome book. I love the book. First time I listened to it, I'm like, oh, this is so great. I want to do it too. Second time I heard it, I'm like, no, I'm not saying yes to anything. I was just in a different phase of my life where I had so much going on and so full. Like I can't imagine saying yes to anything right now. That is not the phase I'm in. I can't listen to this book anymore. So I had to put it aside. But now what I do is I think when you start um, really any project, entrepreneurship, creative project, being a mom, you're going to start getting opportunities to say yes or no all the time. For example, I'll give you a good one. Like when I was in my son's school, um, I was very active volunteer-wise for the first several years, probably for the first five or six years. Really. Yes, I think He's I share the same example all the time. <laughs> yeah. He had been there since he was like in pre-preschool. And so I was very connected to the community. I was very active. I was very good at it. I'm an organizational person. Like I'm, I can talk to people. So when you're like that, people want you to do things. So, and yes. when you do them well, they want you to do more things. So I was part of this parent council group for it's supposed to be two years. I was in there for five years. And the sixth year, they asked me to be the lead. <laughs> like, I said yes. I'm like, wow, thank you so much for asking. I would love to. And I walked away literally from that moment thinking, what the heck did I just do? I don't have time for this. Like, yeah. I have so much going on. I'm traveling. I'm hosting retreat. I, I can't commit to this weekly meeting. I can't do that. Um, so I spent, and of course my body went right into like, what do you mean you're going to turn them down? That's not nice. Like you can't do that. They need you. Who else is going to do it? Yeah. And I, I had such a physical reaction to saying, no, this is years ago. I, I have no hard time saying no right now. Now I can easily say it back then I couldn't sleep. I would wake up in the morning anxious and I'm not an anxious person at all, but the idea of saying no, of actually going back on saying yes, cause I had already said yes. Yeah. I had to write this entire email to the woman who asked me. I'm like, I am so sorry, but I've been so stressed out. I, I should have said no right away, but I said yes, I really wanted to. And I, as soon as I sent it, I almost I felt such a relief and still like she was totally gracious. And we create, you know, the obstacle, the bigness of it in our own minds. The other person's usually like, fine, no problem, we'll find someone else. <laughs> and you're yeah. thinking the whole time that you're the only one who can do it. And so that was such a huge lesson to me because in the moment, I knew I shouldn't have said yes, but I was so flattered and so honored and really, really felt like I was the best option for the choice because I knew I could do a great job and it was important to me. But I knew also that I had other priorities at the time and I needed to focus my energy on what I was working on in my own business. And so it was such a physical experience that ever since what I do now, what I teach my ladies to do in, you know, my clients in the circle is I say, okay, what the problem is, is in that moment, that little gap of time where you have an opportunity to say yes or no, you might be distracted. You might not be thinking great. You might be in the emotional high of being asked. So what I'd like for you to do and what I do myself now is saying, thank you so much for asking. Let me think about that. I'll get back to you. And you need to go away and go through your criteria go through your calendar, go through your process and be realistic with what this yes really means for your life. And that goes for yes to a party, yes to a barbecue, yes to volunteering, yes to whatever, right? From anyone who asks, you give yourself the grace of a spacious time to go back and say, okay, well, when I say yes to this, what does that mean? What am I saying no to? Am I saying no to like that spa day that I wanted to have or that 
planning time I wanted, or if it's a yes, awesome. It meets your criteria. Do it with full aligned heart you know, openness. But if you're saying yes, but you really mean no, that is such a disservice to the person asking you. It's yeah. a disservice to the organization. It's a disservice to the person who's asking you to help them move. <laughs> you're like, actually, I really had other things planned that day. I love you, but it's not going to work, you know? But if you say yes and didn't mean it and can't get into the full yes of it, it's going to create resentment between you and the, the other person and between you and yourself, most importantly, because you're not going to be aligned with your own ability to create healthy boundaries around your time. Yeah. And I think that's so important because, and it's so important to just know that it takes practice. Um, I had a very similar story to yours of saying yes, except I think I let the yes go a little bit longer than you did. And I had to quit three months in because I was like, this is not good. Um, but, But I do find just with everyone who's part of the Plan Simple community and my clients and very much myself, that this is such an individual, like every phase and season is so individual and it just really depends on where we are. And, you know, I had a moment when my kids were really little and there was three of them under five where that's when I had my big health epiphany. (laughs) And I really needed in that moment to lean in. Well, eventually I needed to lean into my work. I mean, into my self-care, but as I was getting to the point where I could lean into my self-care and my food and my body and my energy, I actually needed to lean into my work so that I could know that my kids were taken care of by the person who was taking care of them. So I feel like there's all these different phases. And what's so interesting to me is I always had this story in my head that, you know, I'd want to be there all the time when my kids were little. And then as they were growing, like that would free me up for my work. Mm-hmm. And right now I have um, two teenagers and a 10-year-old, oh, and I've wow. never wanted to be a mom more in my life as I do with the teens. Like mm-hmm. I, I have this like experience, like I guess some people have as an infant that I just so want to be around. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finding myself making choices based on that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just different. Like it really is like different and you, you do feel it in your body. I mean, I think sometimes we actually get sick <laughs> when we... Yeah make too many choices out of alignment with what we want. Yeah. We like, really need to stop there. I think because not stop, but focus yeah. <laughs> right there because it is so important to understand that your words, your choices contain energy and ripples into your body. Like yeah. when you're feeling resentful, when you're feeling guilty, when you're feeling ashamed, it's living in your body. And if we don't have a way to connect with that and really get clear that this isn't just a repercussion on your bank account. It's not just a repercussion on your social calendar. It actually is a repercussion on your body. And I I can't tell you, like, you know, the acronym that I have for coming into my community, it's coming home. So the H-O-M-E has an acronym. H stands for health crisis. O stands for overwhelmed. M stands for motherhood. And E stands for entrepreneurship. And that first one, the health crisis, it has been such a huge entry point for women into the self-care community because usually they're facing, like I did too. The reason I even started this whole journey was because I myself had an autoimmune disease. So many women have autoimmune issues, whether it's gut or whatever. Usually it starts kind of in the gut or something's off, you feel good or you're exhausted. I mean, that is all, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not diagnosing anyone. I'm just saying there are so many women right now that I personally know, including myself, who have some autoimmune dysfunction because we are not listening to our body, whether yeah. it's 
diet, you know a lot about, you could probably speak to much more gracefully than I can. Um, you know, I've had to make lots of changes in my own diet, for my son's health issues as well. I passed on autoimmune stuff to him because I didn't even know I had it. Right. Um, and, you know, just basically your energetic presence in your life, your energy to do things, your fogginess, like then of course you throw in hormones, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I think we have to understand that our relationships, our choices, our boundaries, our processing of our emotions, it all resonates as something in our body. And we can feel that. We, our language is already attuned to that. Like, oh, carrying a heavy burden on your shoulders, or I felt that in my stomach, or, oh, I just, you know, so my throat closes up whenever I say this, or don't say that. Or we have all kinds of symptoms that we have to learn to pay attention to more closely because our body's telling us. Our body is so wise and so brilliant and so well-informed. It knows how to navigate much better than our mind does because that's just old programming, right? So yeah. we can go down a rabbit hole here for sure. But I think it's so important to, to really acknowledge that our body is so attuned to what we're saying and not saying and how we're giving ourselves permission to say the yes and the no when we need to. Yeah. And I think that one of the best things we can do, I mean, obviously not if your children are two, but you can lead by example if they're two. Um, but just all along the way is just to say this out loud as much as possible, like talk through our yeses and our nos out loud um, with our kids witnessing. Because what I've experienced is I felt like I was got to a point where I got really good at it because just because I had practiced so much about, you know, really saying yes to things that were, I should be saying yes, or that I wanted to say yes to and saying no to the things that weren't, I just didn't have time for. And somewhere a couple years ago, when the kids started having more choices and being able to say yes and no to things, it's so interesting how we can just take on these outside stories about, you know, well, yeah, of course you have to do that and that and that. So you can, progress on to go to college or whatever. And I don't even know if I believe in college yet. I have these thoughts and right. it's so easy for when you have a family of multiple people needing to say yes or no and protect boundaries, how you can really start to um, just, it can add up so quickly. And so it's just such a good thing to just even talk about yourself out loud so that others can learn from you and maybe know that, you know, it's okay to just do, one singing group. That's what we always think about instead of five. <laughs> or, um, you know, you don't need to do every soccer league. I hear that a lot. You know, people traveling all over the place because their kids are on three different soccer teams. And right. if it really lights you up, that's awesome. But if you're complaining on the other side that you're so tired because you never stop driving, like that really is in our control. And we forget that. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, it's so easy to fall into that judgment piece of yourself and others as well. But I think if you, like you just said, if you're modeling it for your yeah. children, you can really start to create um, that criteria, that family criteria for making yeah. decisions. If you sit down as a family and say, okay, these are the things we're looking at all of us doing. Well, how does that feel? Like, does it feel too much? Does it feel doable? Like, do we know we're just going to be a little more busy in this next month? But yeah. is that okay with everyone? How do we balance that out? That is such a gift. Could you imagine like, if families just did that instead of this whole, we can do it all, let's figure out the 28 million logistical pieces that fall into this. Like that, I have no desire to do that. Zero desire to be that kind of family where we're constantly doing that. Now, even having said that, even with the priority of our family feeling like we want the space to just play and be and connect, we still get busy periods in our life. Yeah. It just happens. 
Yeah. But we can consciously say, wow, we've had a really busy period. Let's make sure we take time to connect or let's make sure we move this off the schedule so we can do a little date night in the middle of the week just to have a conversation. Or you know what? I'm sitting here on my phone. You're about to walk the dog. Let me go with you. And we're all going to go. And we're all just yeah. going to walk. And we're just going to talk. And that, that 20 minute of walking time, instead of sitting and scrolling while my husband's walking the dog, I will just go with him, right? Like, you know what? This is more important. Let's go. Um, you can make those little micro decisions along the way that really help you to connect during those busy periods. So yeah. I think modeling it is such a huge motivation for me to say, this morning I am working. So if you need me, like text me. <laughs> but if right after we're done, we'll go you know, to the lake or we'll go for a walk or we'll go have lunch and really prioritizing myself when I need to, not giving that up, but also verbalizing it and saying, this is important. I'm doing this now. Afterwards, we'll go play. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we gave everyone a very different version of self-care, which I'm so grateful for because I just feel like sometimes when we throw this word out there, people who aren't in this or aren't, you know, really absorbing it are thinking, oh, all these ladies are just going to go get massages and pedicures. (laughs) And it's clearly about so much more. (laughs) So much more. In fact, my year long program, I always say this to people like self-care is like the door you walk through because it sounds like something you recognize. But once we get into this, to the work that I do with women, it's, I mean, self, we hardly ever say the word self-care. It's really about like this month we're talking about relationships and how self-care, um, how you taking care of yourself actually can negatively affect people around you or positively based on how you frame it and how you claim it. Um, And the next month we're talking about taking intentional pauses throughout your day and how do we find that unplugged time? And then we go into um, sexuality and how your sexual life is very, very important as a woman and how do we, you know, connect with that part of ourselves. So there's so much to it. And self-care is just a sort of a word that we label and recognize and can almost like resist a little bit. But I think there's a point where we all recognize we need to do something like yeah. to claim time for ourselves and to create good boundaries and you know, feel good in our bodies. And so there's a lot to talk about as women. And I'm glad that more and more women like, you know, are having this conversation. And whether you're a mom or you're in corporate life or you're um, you know, not, not a mom and you're doing other things. I think we all need to have these conversations. And I mean, I can't tell you the sexuality month is off the hook. <laughs> we just have so much fun with that because not a lot of people talk about it, but the ones that do, I love the conversations. In fact, my next podcast is going to be all about the history of pleasure and the vibrator. And it's amazing. It is so <laughs> crazy. Like I can't even wait to have this conversation because I am learning so much that I had no idea where it started. <laughs> so you, I mean, yeah. Now, now, now I'm intrigued. We're going to have to link to that in the show notes. <laughs> Tell us when it comes out. <laughs> well, yes. When it comes out, I'll send you the link because it is fascinating. I am like, I'm learning something new. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm learning something new with self-care. See all this. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time today. I feel like you've given so much. So tell everybody how they can learn more about what you do and tap into your world. Well, the best place to find me, I do have my website, of course, elenalipson.com, but I keep everything really current on my Instagram account. So that's Elena underscore Lipson, the underscore is really important because there is another Elena Lipson that's a coach on the East Coast in corporate oh world. So you, you could actually mistake us, but it's Elena underscore Lipson. And 
I have my actually a free gift that I've been giving for five years. Thousands of people have gone through it and it's my three step magic morning practice. It's really a great starting point for someone who's thinking this all sounds amazing and overwhelming. I don't even know where to go. So I would say start with this three minute commitment for a day or two or three and see how you feel. And it's a mind, body, soul practice, really simple. Even if you have three minutes, even if you have babies in your arms, it doesn't matter. You can still do it. And I teach you how to do that in this quick video. So it's a free gift. It's in the Instagram account. So you can go ahead and get it. Awesome. We will link to all that in the show notes so you guys can go find it very easily. Um, well, thank you. So is there any like parting words of advice that you have as we wrap up the show? <sighs> yes. Yeah. If I were to do one thing every day, it would be to move my body before I do anything else. And that's one of the things that magic morning practice has you do because in allowing yourself to move your body, you actually get out of your mind and out of that inner gremlin and into feeling good, which is a much better way to start your day than scrolling through social media. So that would be my big, like, just do that and see how you feel. I love that. You're all worthy of it. Yes. We didn't get into that so much, but we are all worthy of all of this, which is what's so important to realize. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Elena. We will all get moving and go download that stuff. So thanks for being here today. Thank you, Mia. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. At the end of every episode, we always choose three doable changes. These are three small things that you can do this week to put this podcast episode into action because action is really where true change happens. And we find this over and over again. And the cool thing is, is that our actions don't have to be huge. They don't have to be big. They don't have to be super overwhelming. They can be little things that we decide to do and we fit them into our lives and we just really commit to them for a week, for two weeks, and we let them take on their life. We experiment with them and we really make them part of our lives. And over time, these little things add up. And at the end of a year, we can look back and we have all these new habits, practices, things that we have incorporated into our life for real. And that is the idea behind these doable changes. So I always share three because I want you to have options. I want you to be able to pick the one that resonates most with you, not because I want you to do all three. So what I love you to do is to pick the one, the one thing that you're going to commit to, that you're going to fit into your life this week, and that you're going to experiment and have fun with and make it your own. And that is what you will move forward with. So here are three ideas from this episode. Number one, move your body first. Elena encourages people to move their bodies first thing in the morning. We all know that movement has health benefits, but moving your body also gets you out of your head, which is so important. And it gets us out of that habit of scrolling through our messages and our social media or whatever we pick up our phone for first thing in the morning. So instead of doing that, take a walk, do some yoga, dance, see what happens when you start your day with movement. And as Elena so beautifully explained, this is not about the biggest workout ever. This is really about just getting into your body before your day begins. Okay. Doable change number two, calendar your top priority first. So this one might sound familiar, but I love the way that Elena explains it in this episode. So do you put all your work dates and times on your calendar first? 
What would happen if you started with your priorities, the things that you really wanted to make time for, whether that's being there for your kids' events, for family dinner, or for a project that really lights you up? What if you put time in your calendar every day, if you put that in there first, and then you fit the other things around it? Do this for the next season or the next month or the next week and see how it feels. And I can tell you, I get the objection a lot. I just don't have time to do all this work you're explaining, Mia. And here's the thing. This is real. It's just that we're not prioritizing it. And it's always super interesting to me to see in like Flow 365 when I'm working really closely with women that very often it's the women who are doing the most who can fit in the things that matter most. And it's just because it is a simple shift in priority. It is not about how full your day is. And I always love watching that. So calendar your top priorities first. Okay, doable change number three. Set decision criteria. Do you say yes to things that you don't want to do? I know I do. Do you have trouble saying no? I can tell you that you are not alone. So a good workaround is to set some decision-making criteria to help you practice making decisions that fit your priorities. If you make family dinner, for example, a priority, you may need to say no to certain activities or meetings that creep into that time that you're really wanting to make to activate to make great for your family so get clear on your priorities for the season and then when an event comes up assess it and see how it works with your priorities before you answer and if you have a hard time saying no or you've had a hard time in the past then start to train yourself to say, let me get back to you. And think through and give the answer you truly want to give. Now, the only thing I'm going to add to that from what Elena explained is give a choice. I mean, definitely give an answer. Make a choice. So don't say maybe and let it stay at that. Definitely go back to the person and say yes or no. And saying yes or no has the same effect on our bodies, even though we feel like it won't. It really is just that you've made a choice and you're moving forward, and then there'll be a new choice to make. That's how our lives work. So make that choice. And recently, I've been playing around with this one, and an opportunity came up for my daughter that seemed way too good to pass up. But to be honest, it did infringe with that value that we have about family dinner. And I just, I couldn't pull it off. It would get in the way of my own self-care. It would get in the way of our dinner. And I knew that the sacrifice right now at this time was not worth it for our family. That's not to say it won't be worth it in a year. Things won't be different. But right now, that space is really important. Okay. That is what I have for y'all today, and I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can 
and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.